This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. But here for the upcoming weeks, we're going to talk about spiritual laws. And there are spiritual laws. Just as real as this natural realm is, just as real as gravity is, the spiritual laws are alive. They're still well. They're still in operation. Turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Now, I'm going to load you down here tonight with the Word of God. God uses His Word to set the standards. And His standards is what we must learn to choose to live by. And when I obey His standards, it always leads to blessings. And when I obey the things of God, things begin to, to happen for me instead of against me. Now, I'm not going to have you go there tonight, but just in the upcoming weeks when we talk about spiritual law, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28 has 63 verses in it. The first 14 verses of Deuteronomy 28, they talk about the blessings. The next verses 15 through 63, they talk about the curse. Now, those are the only two things I can have, either the blessing or the curse. And I'm going to learn to choose to walk in one or the other. And so I encourage you, begin to read those because you'll find out in the beginning of Deuteronomy 28, Jesus, he challenges us and he says, when you obey my word, when you obey me, this is what will happen. So we begin tonight, Romans 10, verse 17. So then, faith comes by hearing. How did he say faith would come? By hearing. Hearing what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now faith doesn't come by dramas. Faith doesn't come by programs. Faith doesn't even come by our praise and worship team. Faith comes when you hear the word of God spoken in your life. When you hear the word of God that it's preached and it's not compromised. Then and only then will faith come. Now, Jesus right here, I believe, has given us great insight right now that without hearing the word of God, my faith is going to be deficient. Every one of us in this room, you're going to be malnourished spiritually without hearing the word of God. And note, he said, hearing and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. Understand this, just the same as physically, we like to eat every day. We eat, we eat, we eat, we eat. It's the same spiritually. I've got to learn to feed my spirit, man. And when I get in the Word and I hear the Word daily, not only will it feed my faith, it'll starve my doubts. And so I must choose to get into the Word like he's talking about here. Now, the Word of God is what the, what the Holy Spirit uses to activate or awaken a response to our faith. This is what He uses. He uses the Word of God. But i got to get over there and I start, start hearing the Word of God. And understand this, the blessings of God and the spiritual laws of God, they don't happen by luck, okay? They happen when people get a hold of the Word of God and they start living by it. Turn to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. 
Again, I'm just going to give you some little nuggets here tonight on the Word of God. And I believe it will challenge you. I don't have to challenge you. The Word of God will challenge you, okay? And uh, just as you're turning there, if you haven't seen the, the movie, The War Room, actually, I'm way behind the, the times. I just saw it for the first time on Sunday night. It challenged me. It challenged me to the point in my life that I had to repent to God and say, Lord, I hadn't prayed enough. I've got to up my prayer. When you watch that movie, it stirs you up because you'll see the power of your prayers. Now, that was free. That had nothing to do with tonight, so just get a hold of that. Matthew, or John 17, verse 17. Sanctify. The word sanctify means to set apart. It means to consecrate. It means to purify. How am I to be set apart? Sanctify them by your truth. The New Living says, teach them your word. Now watch what he ends with. Your word is truth. So when I apply the word of God to my life, it has a purifying effect on me. And the word of God, listen real close to what I'm going to say here. The word of God is not dictated by your level of education. I've had people before say to me, I'm, I'm not smart enough to get into the word. Like, Yeah, you are. And the word of God is not dictated by your past life. I've had people say, Pastor, I did so many drugs, I can't even think right anymore. I believe we have a God that will restore. And it's very important right here again, you see the power right here in the word of God. He said, sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. Now, in saying that right now, I want you to really hang on to that thought tonight. Your word is truth. Because everything in my life, if I'll begin to ask myself this question, what does the word of God have to say in this matter? What does God's word say? Not man. What does the word of God say? And what that does, it keeps me from trying to compromise my convictions. My convictions are based off the word of God. If God said it, then that's how it's going to be. You know, years ago, I was behind a car and he had a bumper sticker. And, and I remember looking at the bumper sticker, and it said this. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And I sit there looking at that, and I thought, that's really good. And you know what? The Lord spoke into my heart and said, that's not true. He said, I said it, and whether you believe it or not, it's true. It's true. Now, I say that right now, that there's a lot of people in our society that will confess to be Christians... But do I live by the word of God? That's what separates me. That's what sanctifies me. That's what purifies me. So you're beginning to see right here the significance of the word of God in every one of our lives. Now, go back way to the back of the Bible to 3 John chapter 2. Not chapter 2. 3 John verse 1 and we'll begin there. The reason I say it's not chapter, there's only one. If you go to Revelations and come back backwards, you'll go Revelations, Jude, then 3 John, okay? Just a little, little, little bitty right there. Now, we're going to dig in here on this too. And again, remember, he said, your word is truth. Your word is truth. The power of the word of God. 3 John, verse 1. The elder. They're talking about here about John. 
And when John wrote this epistle here, he was a very old man. And for years and years and years of his life, he had lived by the word of God and he had walked and obeyed the word of God. At this time of the writing, most scholars and theologians believe that he was the last of the original 12 apostles or disciples that was still alive. So he had been around a long time. So he says, the elder to beloved Gaius. Now, this guy named Gaius, he was a leader of church in Asia. And it says, whom I love in truth. Whom I love in truth. Was he saying, the way I love this guy named Gaius is the way the word of God tells me to love him. Because God's love is different than the world's love. God's love says, I love you unconditionally. The world's love says, I'll love you if you love me. I'll do you good if you'll do me good. But it's totally different with God. Verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Now, I don't know about you, but I like the thought, all things. And when he says all things, he's speaking spiritually, physically, emotionally, and materially. But when you see the word prosperity... You know what a lot of people would say? Oh, prosperity's bad. Prosperity's evil. Prosperity's no good. It'll get you in trouble. But it's interesting to me that John would pray that we prosper in all things. If it was evil or bad, why would he pray that? We're to imitate God. We're to imitate what's good. And actually, if you read in that chapter, verse 11, that's what it tells us. We're either going to imitate evil or we're going to imitate good. So I believe right here when John says here that we're to prosper in all things, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And and many times, people even, it's similar. Prosperity is similar to money. People look at money and say, money's bad. Money's evil. Money's not bad or evil. The love of money, yes. And again, prosperity isn't just based on money, okay? Prosperity is based on what I said, spiritually, emotionally, physically. So look what he goes on to say here. Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things. So how would I prosper spiritually? Well, the way I prosper spiritually is, number one, I got to be born again i got to give my heart to Jesus. After that, the way I begin to prosper spiritually is I begin to read the Word of God. And not only do I read the Word of God, I hear the Word of God, I obey the Word of God, and it begins to open the doors up to all of God's promises. That's how I prosper spiritually. When I prosper in my mind or my soul, one way I do that is Romans 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by your renewing of your mind to the will or the word of God. So what happens here is I don't allow my mind to control me. I allow the word of God to put thoughts in there. And so what ultimately happens is I begin to program the way I think by the word of God. And when anything arises in my mind, I look at it and I think, does that line up with the word of God? If it doesn't line up with the word of God, you get it out. And so the way I I prosper in my mind is I renew my mind to the word of God. I keep getting in the word. 
How do I prosper emotionally? To prosper emotionally doesn't mean that you never show any emotions. That's not what that means. Think about this in Jesus' life. It said that he was moved with compassion. Compassion's an emotion. It also says this, the shortest verse in all the Bible, Jesus said, it said, Jesus wept. Jesus cried. Jesus showed an emotion. So how do I prosper emotionally? Every one of us in this life, including Jesus, went through things. But when Jesus went through things, he didn't allow those things to shut him down. He didn't allow those things to stop him from living. And each one of us in this room, we've gone through things. Some of you have gone through horrible things. But through God's word, we can prosper even emotionally like he was talking about. Now, the world's definition of prosperity is number one would be financial power. You know what financial power says? I got everything. I got gold. I got silver. I got millions. I'm loaded. Financial prosperity of the world would say also, I have political power. I have a position. Social power. I got a bunch of friends. And when we talk about mental prosperity in the world, it would say, I know it all. But the only thing that can cause us to prosper throughout life is Jesus, through the Word of God. When I get a hold of it, because that's the only thing that's going to last forever. The rest of that junk's not going to last. Money's not going to last. I don't care how much gold you got. I don't care how much oil you got. You're not taking it with you to heaven. Here's a great thought for you. How many of you have ever seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul? Never have. Never have. You know why? Because that stuff's not going with you. I don't care how powerful you are politically here on this earth. It's not going with you to heaven, okay? So I invest everything in the Lord. Now watch what he says here. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. So you know what health is? Health is prosperity. When you walk in divine health, you're prospering. Thank you. I mean, I look at that. I don't get sick hardly ever in the name of Jesus. And I thank God for that. And it's a a way we prosper. And so, do you know it's part of your spiritual heritage? That when I begin to believe God that the Lord said in Galatians 3.13 that Jesus, he he broke the, the curse of the law over us. The curse of the law is poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. That's what the curse was. So you know what? I can walk in divine health. I encourage you to start believing God. Let that be part of your prayer every day. You say, thank you, Lord. I walk in divine health because of Jesus. Because of his broken body. Because of what he did for me. I thank you that by your stripes, Lord Jesus, I'm healed. And so prosperity is, is health. Just as your soul prospers. And when he says just as your soul prospers, remember your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. He wants us to prosper in every one of those. Now this was, this was John's prayer for us. Now watch what he says in verse 3. For I rejoice greatly when my brethren or my fellow believers came and testified of the truth that is in you. Here's a good question. How'd the truth get in them? The same way it has to get in me and you. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The only way you're going to get the truth in you is to hear the word of God. Now he said right here, I rejoice greatly when my brethren came and testified of the truth that's in you. I think that's important that we get that right there. That I celebrate when other believers get a hold of the truth and they have victories. And you see breakthrough happen and you see them walking free. We look and say, yes, yes. You know why? I'm in the same line as them. We ought to celebrate that. And don't ever get mad when somebody gets healed. Well, God never does that for me. Don't get mad when people get a a, a new vehicle. Don't get mad when people get other things that are good. We ought to celebrate that as as Christians say, yes. I mean, just as we sang tonight, there's an army. There's an army that's, that's us. Understand this as Christians. We're all on the same team. Look what he goes on to say here. That I testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in the truth. Now, when we look at the word walk there, the word walk means he lives in the truth. He obeyed the truth. And so it's not just that I hear the word. I got to walk in the word. I got to live. This book does me no good if all I do is hear it. James 1 21 or 22 or 23, one of those says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. I got to get in the word and start living by the word. Verse 4, I have no greater joy to hear that my children walk in the truth. Now, this was John's words here. He said, it's, it's no greater joy for me to hear that you walk in the truth. It's no greater joy for me that I see you guys. Well, I've seen so many of you grow over the years in the truth. Now, you want to do something interesting here with me? Remember he said in John 17, 17, your word is truth. Everywhere in verse 3 and 4 where it says truth, let's put the word in there instead. Listen how it reads this way. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the word that is in you, just as you walk in the word. I have no greater joy to hear that my children walk in the word. And so this is what he's talking about here is getting into the word of God. Now, the interesting thing, I will not operate in the blessings of verse 2. Beloved, I wish or pray above all things that you prosper, be in health as your soul prosper. You won't walk in those blessings, that prosperity right there, without obeying verses 3 and verse 4. I've got to get into the word and I got to start living by the word. And when I start living by the word, I'm going to start experiencing godly prosperity that will last forever, that will propel me right on through this life. Those are spiritual laws. Now, look with me in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. Chapter 4. Hebrews is loaded with things on the word of God. And oftentimes people say, Pastor, I don't know where to start reading the Bible at. Some of the greatest places you can start is 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the Thessalonians, the Timothys. Those are all called the epistles. Those are written specifically to me and you. So when you start reading those books, start putting your name, start putting your situations in those places. And you'll begin to see. 
how God will work in your life. Those are great places to begin. Another thing that will help you to get in the Word, just whatever day of the week it is, read that proverb. Today was, what, the 6th? Tomorrow you'll get up. Read Proverbs 7. I I encourage you, read the Proverbs every day. Start getting different translations and read them each month in a different translation. And watch what will happen. See, things will begin to just bubble right on out of you when you begin to get those things in you. And understand this again. The Word of God is not dictated by how old you are or how young you are. In my own life, guys, I, I didn't get into the Word of God really until I was about 19 or 20 years old. This doesn't just happen overnight, but when you'll stay with it. Now, when I was 21, I was getting the Word of God on very high doses, five hours a day, where they would back a, a, a dump truck of the Word of God on me, and they'd say, eat as much as you can, buddy. And so I did that for a straight year, and that was a lot of the foundation of my life. And that's where every one of us got to get in the foundation of the Word of God. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is living. It's a living. It's alive. It's powerful. That word powerful there, it denotes something that's at work. It's active. It's effectively happening. Listen to what he goes on to say. And the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts. It's a, a exposer of the thoughts and the purposes of the heart. And so when I read the word of God, the word of God will begin like I said earlier. It will change the way I think. But it will also look at my life on the inside and says. Watch your heart. Watch your purpose. Where are you at right here? See, the Word of God will produce spiritual growth. And that's the only way. i got to keep getting in the Word of God. i got to keep hanging around it. i got to keep hanging around it. Keep getting the Word. Walk in the Word. Base your life on the Word of God. Now, what's interesting here in this verse is faith's call to confess the Word. The Word of God is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So how does this look, Pastor? Well, I begin to hear the Word of God on a regular basis. The way I begin to unleash it is I begin to speak the Word of God out of my mouth, okay? I've got to start saying about myself what the Bible says. I start saying about my conditions, my circumstances. What does the Bible say? This is the way that the faith is unleashed. And so if you'll begin to get a hold of scriptures and you'll begin to learn to speak those and you keep speaking them, you watch what God will do. He'll begin to transform you, not just in your mind, but in your speech. And you'll find when things begin to happen in your life, the first thing that will come out of your mouth is, oh, crap. No, the first thing that will come out of my mouth is the word of God. When I get into battles, the word of God starts coming out of my mouth. But the way I begin to unleash it is I've got to speak it over and over again. You say, well, where's the the, the power in that? Think about this in Genesis 1. God created the heavens and the earth. How did God cause the heavens and the earth to go into existence? And God said, and God said, let there be light And there was light. See, that's the same way that I talked about earlier that one of the areas of prosperity is health. 
I've got to start saying about myself pertaining to health what the Bible says. It says in 1 Peter 2.24 that by his stripes I've been made well. Roman, or, uh, Matthew 8.17, I've been healed by the blood of Jesus. Isaiah 53.5, every one of those. But too many times, even in the area of sickness, when it starts coming around, you know the first thing we say? I know I'm going to get it. I know I'm going to get it. If anybody's going to get it. And so what you've done is you've agreed with that instead of start saying, uh-uh, we walk in divine health because of what Jesus did. What happens at the, the end of the month when we don't have enough money? Most of the time we start saying this, I'm broke, I'm busted, disgusted, never to be trusted. I don't have nothing. We're broke. But what does the word say? Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so again, I just start filling in those blanks. And over and over, in every area of my life, you'll find scripture that pertains to your life about what the word of God says. And so what we're going to keep doing is we're going to keep hammering away on this. We're going to keep getting the word in us. We're going to keep getting the word. And we're going to begin to understand spiritual laws. And we're going to understand how spiritual laws work. And you'll see those words right there in, in the Bible. Now, I got one last scripture for you tonight. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. You're real close. You base your life on the word, your life will change. It'll discern what's in you, whether good or evil, the word of God will. That's what he said there. It's a discerner of the thoughts. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. How were the worlds framed? They were called into existence by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, again, we go all the way back to the beginning of time. How did God set everything in motion? He said, we are to be imitators of God. How can I frame the things of my life like God framed? Again, he said he framed it by the word of God. So I go into my life and I begin to find scriptures that pertain to every area of my life. And I begin to frame, I begin to shape my life based off the word. This is why I must begin to speak it. Speak it over your life. Speak it over your business, your job. Speak it over your marriages. Speak it over your kids. But I got to start getting a hold of the word of God. And you say, Pastor, you make it sound like your life and our life has got to be defined by the Word of God. It does. I believe with all my heart we do. I mean, when people ask me a question and say, what do you think of this? I'll say, what's the Word say? But, 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 no. If if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. The, the Bible isn't if and buts. The Bible is a fact. And I realize there's people who disagree. But in my heart, I believe the Bible is the final Word. So what does the Word of God say? In every area of my life, and when I get a hold of the Word of God, it'll start creating faith in you. You'll begin to sense stuff rise up on the inside of you. And I release that. Keep speaking. Keep speaking the Word of God. Keep speaking the Word of God. I know some of you are in great battles right now. Keep speaking to the mountain. Mark eleven twenty three. And whosoever will say unto the mountain, Be thou removed and, not, and be cast in the sea, not doubt in his heart. But he believes those things he says. He'll have whatever he says.
And so again, I got to keep speaking to the mountain. I got to keep speaking and watch what God will do. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.